He's got the whole world in his hands. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flare! <laughs> <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's the top of wrestling. We're here. It's season five. It's episode five. We're ready to go here on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Began with a little bit of a botch there, but covered. All right, we're okay. And that was, uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. I'm ready for today. We got bringing to the table. We got news. We got Monday Night Wars. We got the Black Scorpion. We even got a new segment. Ladies and gentlemen, as you already heard in the beginning of the sounds, well, we obviously were right. We called it. As many did, Bray Wyatt is back. Excited to talk about it. And I know ODM is ready to talk about it as well. Pittsburgh Steelers be like, stop, stop. We're already dead. I got I to gotta keep my voice, so uh, I'll keep it very subtle since I have to do a lot of talking at the end of the show. Hit the music. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you a real quick story. This weekend, I had to go to a wedding. 
I am not one for dancing, which uh, definitely does not make my wife happy, but I went out there, danced uh, to uh, Aretha Franklin Respect. A couple slow songs, a couple two triados. But at one point, I actually did grab my wife and dragged her out to the dance floor, which is something that never happens. You want to know why? Shout came they on. They played didn't Shout. It, by Isley Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think of was, like, obviously we turned it into, because, you know, hey, and we did Let's Go Buffalo, but I mean, all I can think of is Animal House. Yep. So, I mean, you know, so I mean, it was. Oh, this my man! Yeah, I, I yelled that out at one point. <laughs> I love that. Great. So. It's funny you say that, you know, you were busy Saturday. We're going to get into that. Um, but that game. So I was, you know, recovering from festivities on Saturday, staying up late and everything. And on Sunday, did a, a pumpkin patch with, with the godsons. And then I had minutes before the Bills game began. So I'm quickly uh, cooking up a batch of chicken nuggets in the garage. And I'm like, it's 101, we're fine, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're, touchdown! <laughs> I go, get out of here. That didn't take long. No sooner that I come upstairs and I get into the house, I go, you just yelled touchdown. He goes, yeah. And then they fumbled, and we got the ball right back. I go, god damn, I missed a lot. And we, I, it, one minute and eight seconds was off the clock. That's yep. it. I was like, oh, it's been a good game. <laughs> but then when... Steelers got their three. They're like, you may need to have to go back outside again. (laughs) (laughs) Things stayed okay. But, hey, I'm going to give it to him again, man. Lil John, wow, 5-0. Go Eagles. Not mad about it. And, hey, uh, shout-out to Nightwing. Sorry, man, you guys definitely got hosed on that passing or that uh, roughing the passer call. But, again, it's Tom Brady, so you got to figure that shit was going to happen. So, tough break on that one. Well, that's what happens when you blow in a guy's ear. It's roughing the passer. (laughs) Uh. Hey, it's it's a different week, but it's the same story. You already know. Still first place, ODM. Or actually, uh, I think last week updated, you were out of first. Updated today uh, due to the pay-per-view. I am in second, but by a few points. What pay-per-view? Uh, Extreme Rules. They already did the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Would they refix it? Mm, I don't know, man. Last time I looked, I was definitely not in first anymore. Maybe that's not what it was, but I can find out for you in about two seconds here. Yeah, it was because oh, maybe of extreme it's because rules. Team ODM, Team Odin, it kind of looks the same. Yeah, to me yeah. I'm down twelve. Po- I'm down twelve points. Okay, I'm in the mid card again, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just happened to be that you know we do a drop ad one time each season. What a shit show. Can I can I cut you off for a second? I'm sorry. I'm going on a fucking rant on this one. Tiger, get your fucking shit together. Pack it all up in a little suitcase. Get it together. Get your fucking shit together. You're the worst fucking commissioner ever. Ever. What kind of bullshit is this? Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to start uh, uh, maybe about uh, 8 a.m. I don't know, fucking somebody's up and then the next person's kind of up. Or, uh, you know, whatever. No, fucking do time slots. Tell people they have this long. Nothing. It's just a fucking free-for-all. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Get your shit together. However, I'm done. Your stable mate got you. I yes. texted you. I was like, "Hey, apparently you're up, man." <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was driving at the I time, did... so I appreciate the uh, the heads up there. Oh, no problem. And I saw you, you even took my suggestion. Oh yeah. I mean, so who else am I going to go with? Well, yeah. So it's funny because it was Sunday that they were going to do it, and Saturday night ends with Bray Wyatt showing back up, and I was like, "Thank you." And some dude goes, I'll be dropping Rey Mysterio for that. I go, that's nice. That's cool. But you don't have the first pick like <laughs> exactly. I do. Exactly. Right on. And But then 
all the way up till the draft, or my moment to draft. I kept looking at the site. He wasn't listed on their roster, and I go, I'll be goddamned if they go, well, he's not on their roster yet. Yeah, he showed up at the end of a WWE pay-per-view to possibly go to fucking Impact tomorrow. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's funny how horrible it got. Uh, Flamingo, the only one that actually had another good pick. She was like Isaiah Cassidy. Because she's watching. Oh, all of a sudden, Andrade is pretty much out of the picture. There's all that stuff that was going on with him, Matt Hardy, in the private party. Someone that's being used. One dude goes, uh, never mind, I don't want anybody. And then did a pick, which was weird. Like, seconds later, I was like, I think I would have went with his first answer. But he goes, (laughs) I'll drop Joe Gacy and pick up Beth Phoenix. (laughs) Wait, what? <laughs> Joe Gacy. Was pretty much, I think he's on TV every week. I don't even know. I'm not even paying attention, but I know more than Beth Phoenix is. In, okay, great. She was at the pay-per-view, but that was just fuel to the fire of the Edge, Baylor, and Judgment Day right. saga. It's not like she's going to come out and have a match every week. Great no. pick, bro. No. And then, uh, who? oh my God, what's his name? Dropped a... Uh, uh, Tiger dropped Buddy Murphy, or Buddy Matthews, for top dollar. I was like, yours. It's yours. <laughs> what? All I know is, all right, so, okay, I'm not going to get a lot of wrestling points from Bray, but I dropped J.D. McDonough, or whatever his name is, from NXT. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be the one to dethrone Braun Breaker right now. There's no way. No. And he's going to be in a match with him, I think, at Halloween Havoc in a triple threat. No way he's going over. I just know it for sure. If he does, I'd be shocked. However, weekly points from Bray, vignettes from Bray. Oh, Man, yeah. if a fucking bunny flashes across the stream at any point, I'm going <laughs> to fight for that bunny. <laughs> so, look it. Let's get into, real quick, I do want to talk about uh, Extreme Rules because that is the biggest thing. Um, as you see is my headline here, he's got the whole world in his hands. Before we talk about that, the entire pay-per-view, top to bottom, was the first WWE non-Big Four pay-per-view that I have watched in a long time. I mean, every bit of it and was like taking it in. No bullshit. Okay, some things could be better, right? Like, I haven't even sent you the picture yet. I have a logo that's possibly in the running. You know, the end of the Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey match was kind of dog shit. Mm-hmm. But other things made up for it. Riddle and Rollins, decent fight pit match. I liked it. Um, strap match I thought was brutal hard. Like, they, they were... <laughs> Cross beat the piss out of Drew McIntyre. It was awesome. Made Cross look good, and he went over. Uh, Bailey and Belair put on a really, really good ladder match. It was the first ever women's ladder match. Didn't even know that. They've had huh. TLC. They've had uh, Money in the Bank, but not a one-on-one women's ladder match. How about that? Yeah, that's interesting. Baylor did defeat Edge as Rhea Ripley... Knocked out Beth Phoenix with some knuckles, uh, some brass knuckles. Uh, and as it looked like she was going to do more, that's when he finally quit. Good moment. And then they still did a concerto to Beth Phoenix. 
dude, storytelling, it's great. It was, that was a really, really good match. The match I said that was going to steal the show, I really think did, and it opened the pay-per-view. Hmm, naturally. It was Brawling Brutes with Sheamus defeating Imperium. Hmm. Fantastic. They had all, like, bar-type, uh, kind of like wooden bars, like from old saloons, things like that. But they were really taking hard hits on these things. Sheamus looked like he had uh, cold cuts chest. Oh. Uh, him and Walter beat the piss out of each other. And the Brutes went over. And I just, you know, read an interview where Sheamus is like, the Brutes, the Brawling Brutes have reinvigorated my career for me. He goes, they're making me, like, fight more for my career because probably for someone like him once the bar was over it was like yeah where are you going from here pretty much same with cesaro really after that but the bray wyatt man ending the pay-per-view i mean i i could describe everything but you have all seen it i know that you have Uh, seeing all the characters loved the vhs uh, beaten up version copy of the Firefly Funhouse. We're really glad. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Thoughts? I, I I've been dying to talk with you about this. I mean, it touches on you know that last chapter of his life. I mean, there's a lot of symbolism there, so you know that's fine. I like how all that they showed. You know, they showed the characters in the crowd, but then they showed like the stage, and it was dingy covered in cobwebs the the mercy of the buzzard box had cobwebs all over it um i really enjoyed that um the fiend i do the only one thing i didn't like was a commentary all of a sudden they looked down and there's a fiend mask on there i think it was the charred fiend mask that was on the like oh where'd that come from and i think cole gets up and runs off i didn't particularly care for kind of didn't mind it i i kind of added to it like a little bit like I I get what you're saying, but as a whole, on the whole of all of it, I I thought all on the whole, in the whole, inside of it, whatever, all together, it was it was I didn't mind the coal thing. Yeah, I mean it it was it didn't it didn't ruin it for me. Uh, that's just my my one thing. I, I like I love how they start it with he's got the whole world in his hands. I love that. I was hoping they would do that, and they did, which is great. Uh, but they have the door. You can see the light beaming behind it. It opens. He's got that different mask on. I hope that's just a one-time thing that doesn't really come out too much. But he pulls it off, and you know, fucking the massive pop. Like everybody knew, goddamn well, it was him. But when they when he showed his face, the place erupted. And my favorite part was he holds the lantern up, and he looks like he's gonna blow it out. But then he looks right into the camera, and then. Whew, Love it. I can't tell what he said. It's really so hard. He either did the run, run. or I'm here. You know, kind of like the we're here yeah. like they used to do. Um, The door, as I'm sure you have seen, looks like it is a tribute to Brody Lee. Because if you look at the door and the lighting and how it was spinning, it is extremely... M- it looks a heck of a lot, unless people are stretching, okay, you know, but I'm saying that it looked a lot like the Exalted One reveal when it was revealed for him in Rochester, but it was that video where, you know, him slowly going to the light and, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I think it was. It looked like it. Can't be sure. Uh, I think I got what I wanted 
I said I wanted as close to the old Bray Wyatt, right? Mm. You sing he's got the whole world in his hands. Well, that's about as close as we're going to get that I wanted. Um, I mean, aside from just coming out with the rocking chair at that point. Right. So I'm happy. This is going to be great. We're going to get some killer promos. Oh, that for sure. That's, I mean, I just miss good promos. I mean, I talked about it before. I mean, like the promo I played last week, you finally got to hear it, you know, stupid, yeah. little, yeah, right. but good. It's how you sell it. And mm-hmm. he's, he's excellent on the mic, intriguing and, and interesting, interesting to listen to. Um, I do got to tell you. So not only did my wife, myself, Bowen Co., everybody, we all watched Extreme Rules. During the day, we had Bodie Mania, my, my nephew's uh, birthday party. And I sent you pictures. You know, you had Darby, you had Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Bret Hart, uh, Sting. I obviously went as Macho Man. Did you like the abs that I had on? Yeah, the abs were great. <laughs> the painted yeah, on abs. <laughs> no, actually, that was a onesie that I had on underneath it. I have a, <laughs> a onesie Rocky Balboa set up just from top to bottom. But I just put everything on over that, but then just showed the, the chest. Because I was All like, right. yo, you look ripped like you did against uh, Drago in, in Rocky IV. Anyway, so during the day, they were like, yeah, let's get some uh, wrestling going. I was like say no more and i was like all right it's his sixth birthday we wrote on the cake bodie mania six and i go let's start with wrestlemania six makes sense have it set up dude i cannot tell you how many people were just glued to it all day long everyone was like hanging out watching watching like uh some matches going in grabbing some food coming back everyone watched hogan and warrior i'm talking like everyone was in there this the one little girl was going nuts. She's like, "Come on, come on, Hogan, come on!" I go, "Oh, she is." <laughs> Can't wait for this reaction. So this is like, oh yeah, but this is like maybe four o'clock, right? And so everybody's watching it, dude. If you need to, anybody who's listening to this right now, explain that wrestling isn't gay while watching Hogan and Warrior play pinochle with each other. Warrior goes down and at exact crotch level starts shaking his head back and forth, up and down, and that's all they show. And then they show Hogan looking like he's moaning in pain, and everyone was just busting out laughing. It's a real fucked up scene. The more I'm like, man, I didn't really remember it that way when I was a kid, but <laughs> but then it rolled into WrestleMania seven, and I'll be goddamned. Everybody watched that, and I was like, hey. Get that girl in here. This is the one. He's going to get the title back. This is her time. Hogan's in this last one here. So, but, dude, you had WrestleMania 6 and then 7 and then Extreme Rules. Not oh, a bad ass, Not a bad day for me at all. Not a, not a bad run. Well, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned 6 and 7 because right around that time period, if I'm not mistaken, right after WrestleMania 6 is the time period when our top topic occurs. Oh, nice. You know what else kind of occurred at this point? We noticed that the steroid trial was uh, starting to either get leaked or kicked off because we're like, whoa, he's considerably down from last year's event. <laughs> well, that and we're going to talk about that in the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> and there's one more thing that isn't uh, that we were talking about that I'm like, wow, there's something missing here from WrestleMania 6. First of all, we're like, yo, this may be quite possibly one of the most racist WrestleManias of all time, you had a team versus the Russians, the, a team versus the Japanese team. Then it was 
the one that was cut, I was like, hey, you guys are lucky this is being cut, but uh, Piper did half black face Oh, body, that's right. I remember that. Completely cut from this. Um, but then Akeem the African Dream comes out, and they go, I'm sorry, what? And I had to explain this to everybody. They're like, this is racist as fuck. I go, no, it was the 90s. That's what they did. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was, dude, it was It was a bad... It was like the more I watched, I was like, "This shit's cringy." Holy shit, we, they did a lot of bad things in the day. So, but yeah, speaking of like you said, the uh, coming to uh, the wars, fucking Phil Mushnick. All right, man, let's talk about news. All right, well, we've already talked about uh, Bray Wyatt's return. Uh, Soraya, Soraya, however the fuck you want to say Psoriasis. her name, Psoriasis, Yes. Uh, syringe it has been reported uh and i i don't know where if this has been official from aew uh but it sound it sounds like she's been cleared to wrestle there was multiple reports that she was cleared um it's funny because <laughs> Britt baker on dynamite goes and here's something that all you people need to know i found out soraya is not medically cleared to wrestle so you're not going to see her wrestle here and then the next day people are putting it all over that she because she did get physical later in the night Mm. and then it's the reports came out on thursday she's cleared she's cleared from multiple different sites i saw this one kid go then why would Britt say on tv that she's not obviously she's not medically cleared i go oh jesus yeah do we really have to explain this to you you poor poor child apparently yeah so, uh, any other good news? Yeah, well, John Moxley has uh, re-upped with AEW, five-year deal, and he's actually going to be expanding into new roles, including coaching and mentoring. I have said it before, never been a big fan of his in-ring work, but I think that he's put AEW on his back. He's shown he can be a leader in the locker room. He's got people's respect. Whether you like his style of wrestling or not, I think it's a good thing, and I think with him and Danielson, they really could try to, to breed some positive culture there, which they sorely, sorely need. I do agree. Um, I, I agree with, well, actually, I agree with you on everything, especially with the wrestling. I was, I liked his style when he first got into WWE with the Shield because it was something that was missing in WWE, that kind of sure. <clears throat> brawling kind of fight style. We got it in all different forms now, and I I don't mind what he does. Does he need to be world champion? Well, apparently, because you can't trust anybody else right now, and hmm. fair enough. Um, a conversation I had with, you know, you know Steve, that we had at the house, we were talking about it this past week, and he, he's like, it's good for him for having this new deal and everything. I go, I'm personally scared, and I mean this for real, not a goddamn joke. This dude was in rehab for drinking, right? And now you're putting the title, the company, on his back. I just hope pressure doesn't get to him. You know what I mean? Because you don't want him to break either. Like, I, he could say, I got it, I got it. Like I said, he was supposed to be on vacation, not even coming back until the next pay-per-view. And he's on TV weekly. Yeah, the way I look at it is I think it's, I think it's the opposite. I think he truly does love it, and I think that's going to keep him on the straight and narrow. Then that's fair. Uh, again, not like that's my like it, that's gonna happen. I'm just saying like I just hope that wouldn't happen. You know, what I mean, Jeff Hardy looked clean, and then, hmm, you know, 
Yeah. Oh, everybody was wondering where you were going to be. We had the tree and everything set up for you. (laughs) I crashed before I got there. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, speaking Speaking of of a crash, let's keep AEW going. Yeah, speaking of needing to foster that that, that positive attitude backstage, uh, Sammy Guevara is at it again, uh, this time with Andrade. Uh, There was a Twitter back and forth, and... uh, Apparently, Sammy's a bitch because he did complain, I think, with Eddie about being too hard in the ring. Now he's saying uh, that Andrade is too stiff in the ring. And Sammy's response was, you're a jobber, a favor hire. Be grateful, bitch. Uh, we'll get well. We'll circle back there. Uh, Starks apparently tweeted, uh, can my coworker shut the fuck up for a minute? Excellent point. Starks. Bye, man. Excellent Love point. him. Thank you for that. As soon as I saw that, I was like, Good for him. Call everybody. Be just call everybody out all at once. Yeah, just just for a minute, just for a minute. Uh, and then Andrade and Sammy apparently had a feud backstage, like you know, right before Dynamite. Uh, oddly enough, Andrade has been sent home, and Sammy is just perfectly fine. Um, do you not right see in the main a, event? Yeah, yeah. And Andrade's match, which was supposed to be a loser leave town match, uh, was canceled. Do you not see the common thread here? Like and don't tell Even, me that it's all just a work and he's just working everybody and he's just getting heat. No, oh, I, I think he's I think he's really a bitch. I think he really is that, you know, prick. Are we talking TK? No, I'm talking about Sammy. Oh yes, okay, absolutely. I've always thought he's got that face that Slappable is begging face. to be punched. Yeah. Yes. Now, he the other issue I have with him is. Did you not get in trouble with your mouth being open saying some things about Sasha Banks once? Why yep. would you go to Twitter and even do the you're a jobber, a favor hire, be grateful bitch? What does that do for you? You guys are still technically co-workers at this point, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> the fight before Dynamite and then, yeah, uh, Andrade gets sent home. It's funny because at the beginning of Dynamite, it was set for that that match, and then during the middle of Dynamite, they're like, so, we're going to give you a trios tag team title match this week instead. And they never mention that match again. Not even Andrade's name, nothing. Uh, they have brought Andrade's name up with the private party scenario right. or whatever. But then, yeah, Sammy's in the main event, and you get literal chance of fuck you, Sammy. Uh, everyone was all over him. Everyone hated it. There was a sign that fell so flat, it, it just bothered me. I get it. He's a he's a drama guy. You got Sammy Guevara. It said Sammy Dramara. Like drama. Ara. Sammy Dramara. Oh, 100%. I saw that and I go, I wish I didn't even read that. I, but yet, But yet, he gets to stay. Much of the same way that, to me... You go all the way back to the beginning of what pissed Punk off. You get you let Paige go in the ring and go off script, talk shit, hurting a possible million dollar buy on his back, as he said, right? Mm-hmm. Number one contender for your championship to John Moxley. Hmm. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, it maybe maybe playing favorites. Maybe TK is really that much of a mark, and he thinks he's just getting heat. 
I mean, you're, we're I, per me personally, we're beyond X Pac heat at this point. You might as well change it to fucking Guevara heat. You know oh, what I mean? There. And the thing yeah. is, he, he probably looks at it as a positive. You know, if if two, I this is not something I can say that I've specifically heard Cornette said, but I'm sure he said it in the past, and it sounds like something he'd say. I'm guessing that back in the day, if two people in the locker room had beef with each other, they fucking straightened it out one way or another. Yeah. Not on Twitter. You didn't. You didn't exactly. Yeah, you I don't talk shit behind somebody's about when, keyboard warrior. Yep. That when the media scrum fight happened. I, that's what I was listening to Cornette. He's like, it, authorities weren't involved. They did it, and then they went and bought each other a beer later. Because you got to work with each other the next day. Yep. All for it. Um, you know, and I got to be honest, though. I I texted you halfway through Dynamite. I go, are you watching? And you're like, nah, darts. I was like, okay, well, I got to be honest. It I It's something I wanted for a while. And I said it a couple of weeks ago during the top topic. Go back to your roots. Go back to what brought you to the dance. Do you remember, not Daly's Place, but the first several Dynamites, Mm. it was match after match after match. No in-ring promos. And Cody even made mention, it's not like we're going to open every week with a promo. And then they (laughs) began every week with a promo, pretty much. (laughs) This week, it opened MJF Yuta. And as soon as that match was over, it ended up going into... Uh, MJF, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Darby and Lethal. Then Wardlow and Christian, uh, not Christian Cage, uh, uh, Brian Cage. I was like, <laughs> and all promos stayed backstage minus one, which is the uh, the celebration. The, uh, what do you call it? The uh, scissor celebration. Yeah. So other than that, they actually had a decent show, I think. Still, they... In the first two matches, they tease turns. They tease like MJF is going to be a good guy now. He didn't want Stokely Hathaway and the guys to come in and beat the fuck out of Yuta after the match was over. But uh, they're, they're teasing that. And then in the other match, after Darby defeated Jay Lethal, Great Singh or Kali Singh or whatever we call him, <laughs> and uh, Sanjay Dutt came out and... Darby was like, you don't need them, be on your own, and he kind of shook his hand and walked off, and Lethal walked basically past those guys and left. I'm like, well, another turn. It's like, we got to do one a week. We got to figure out. Got to meet that quota. If we do two teases, (laughs) two teases makes one. And not only does Guevara get to uh, stay at the place after winning or losing the fight, however that went down, he got to win in the main event with with Chris Jericho. (laughs) Fine for me. I had points with that. Uh, Two parts. First, again, I already said Soraya got physical. Wardlow versus Brian Cage. Decent. It just made Brian Cage look like like he was smaller than Darby Allin. He just did, like, a bunch of power bombs, and he just took it. It was, eh. It it was a good beginning part, but then it just became a Wardlow match after that, unfortunately. Now I don't like him. I don't need him. I don't have him in the draft anymore, so it doesn't matter to me. Now I don't care. <laughs> My favorite part of the night was Adam Page was about to get his ass kicked, I think, by a private party and private profits. And then Moxley showed up and was like, no, 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 don't do that. And then he gets in the ring, and it's basically hinting that they're or about their match, which I think isn't tonight, but it's next week. In Cincinnati. And Paige's like, well, we could go right now. I'm like acting like a tough guy. 
and Moxley just put him right in his place. You're a good kid. I'm going to let this one slide, but watch your mouth. And then just drops the mic and leaves. Damn. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, I kind of feel like that's a real-life dick, too, but maybe that's just me reading into things. Um, tonight, we got Jungle Boy Jack Perry taking on Mr. Show himself. Not Big Show, Lucha Show. Lucha Show. And... <laughs> Uh, Chris Jericho is defending the ROH title against Brian Danielson. There's no way he's losing it now because he's doing this new Ring of Jericho gimmick, which sucks. But I'd actually love for Brian Danielson to win the Ring of Honor title. And him and Claudio, I mean, the way Claudio was doing it was great. Jericho's doing a lot of cheating to get this going. I understand people are like, well, you know, things change. But not with the Ring of Honor title. You don't need to do it. That's right. what your plan is. Merge the two world titles right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been through that. It's terrible. 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 So, terrible. Uh, the only other thing I do want to touch base on is I like it. I tried. I tried to protect to predict certain things. I thought Tomatonga was going to do it. Came very close against Jay White at Declaration of Power, uh, but came up short, and Jay White wins. And then Kazuchika Okada also had to avenge a loss from the G1. If you, as we all know, if you win the G1, anybody who beats you in that tournament, you have to defend your case against. Only one man beat him, and that was Jonah, former Bronson Reed. Real good match between them. Not one of Okada's best, just because. That's that a different, yeah, that's a difficult benchmark, yeah. <laughs> but after Jay White won, he was, you know, saying he had a, he cut a really good promo at the end, saying any other day Tonga could have get this, could he could have won this any other day, but it's not any other day because it's this day is in my era. You're living in the Switchblade era. Guy's good on the mic. He's good. He's a real, real good wrestler. Match was great, and then Okada comes out and lets him know that at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Which, they cut down to one night, by the way. I'm not thank sure if God. I've actually covered that or not, but yes, thank you. I hope WrestleMania... Well, WrestleMania's not getting the memo. They've already announced that WrestleMania 40 is a two-nighter in Philly. But Okada is going to take on Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom, and it looks like Will Ospreay is going to be defending the U.S. title against Tetsuya Naito. And you know how Naito likes to treat the titles, how he always like just throws them around like yeah. he did with the IC title. He was sit. He came to the ring after uh, him and Osprey had a four on four match or whatever, and they just kind of faced off. And Osprey's holding the title, and he kind of mimic. Can I can I see that? And he looks at it and he goes, "That's yeah, nice." And then just throws it in the air and drops <laughs> it. And Osprey got all pissed off, and I was like, "Yeah," because you know it's tranquilo, man. <laughs> Yeah, kind of the cool. I'm excited version. about Wrestle Kingdom. I'm I'm just glad it's a one nighter. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier for sure. Well, hey man, I'm gonna see what I could do. Uh, Bill's Mafia style. Get the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'm landing like, could have been better. Eight. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Hey, mine's quick and uh, quick and easy. Just so you guys know, the very first episode of 2023 of the Top of Wrestling Podcast, we will be presenting with you the top 
of Wrestling 2022 Awards. We'll be talking Wrestler of the Year, Female Wrestler of the Year, Stable of the Year, the What the Fuck Moment of the Year, and of course, because you listen to this show, the Good Shit Moment of the Year. What you got this week? I'm excited. What you got, ODM? I'm excited. I mean, we've already touched about it on the news, and we've talked about it in the last few weeks, probably even the last few months, but it's all about the inmates running the asylum. Tony, it's great that you promoted uh, Moxley to to somewhat of a leadership, let's say a backstage or a locker room leadership role in an official capacity. Now, I believe Danielson is kind of, I don't know if officially, but in that same similar role. That's a great, that's a good start. That's a good start because those are guys who aren't going to take shit that are there to have fun and enjoy themselves, also make a living. Um, and I think that they'll straighten some people out. They'll get people, you know, on the wagon because... I think that they are true, you know, leader, leaders in a locker room. Now, that that definition's changed over the years, obviously, but it is what it is. And now you need to start doing other things. You've got to, you know, we've already we've beaten the the fact that they need to get a Booker in there, but you need real EVPs. You need real people who can run an organization and make sure that shit like this don't happen again. Um, because right now. It's you're in a fucking kindergarten class with no control. Yeah, not even a teacher, not even a student teacher's in there. Yeah, I mean seriously, like literally, let's just Moxley, Moxley start beating the shit out of people for real. Uh, you want to talk like a bitch? I'm gonna <laughs> slap you around. When people get like out of line backstage, yeah. hey, give them a championship match or an eliminator match this week. I'll take care <laughs> of things in the ring. Yeah, start handing just out. Just tell Tony man. on the side, right? Yeah, but. You know, it's funny with obviously really is like the the inmates running the asylum. I, you know, had the conversation at that, you know, party this past weekend. Uh, We got into talking about it. And the biggest thing is that I, I how could you be in this much trouble when you have the minds backstage of Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn, Mark Henry, Big Show, you had Punk, Danielson. Jericho, Moxley, how in the Dustin Rhodes is, is th- Dustin? Thank you. I mean, like, how is how are we in issues? Serena Deeb is a real longtime veteran as well, so you're bringing her in the mix. You also have Madison Rain that they brought on board, who's been uh, in the business long enough that you can help develop the younger talent. It's right. I where think, are we going wrong? Yeah, I, you know what? One of the names that you mentioned, I think, is the problem. Jericho. His booking has not been good. Has not been good at all. While I do agree to that, he what other star power name do they really have right now? He could have maybe gone off into the sunset, but nobody was able to have a big enough name in that time. But I, I also blame Tony on that because sure you acquired uh, Adam Cole. What a huge pop at the end of All Out. And that's the best thing that ever happened to Adam Cole mm-hmm. in AEW mm-hmm. was his entrance at All Out. Or or his match against Jungle Boy and Rochester. he won the fucking Owen Cup. Yeah. Right, but his match against Jungle Boy and Rochester was good too. That 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 belongs up there. But it's meaningless. But it wasn't better than his than his arrival. Up. His peak was his showing yeah. showing up. That's it. What that's been that's that been most you? people's peak. Exactly. It's been Miro's peak. It was Big Show's peak. Yeah. Well, all right. But before we peak, I got a new segment. I teased it last week, and I'm bringing it out right now. First one, it is our superstar. Oh, fuck that. Wow, how did I just say superstar? I would never have done that. It is our wrestler of the week. 
All right, class, take your seats. It's now time for the professor's wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past, but not me. Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in the classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you were back there partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. I like them beefy. They're superstars. I don't know why I did that. That's that's really bad. You know why? Because this guy technically is a superstar because he is working in the world of entertainment. He's not at AEW. He is in WWE. Not where he got his, his start. Not a homegrown talent. Talking about Sami Zayn. And as I said, each week I'm going to be breaking down in quick version just some things that are of notes that, you know, I think a lot of us take certain guys for granted. He's been on the roster doing a solid, steady job. Uh, not always, you know, right in the front of everything, but especially in recent. I mean, I've been saying it for I don't know how many weeks. He is absolutely the best thing in WWE. He is. I thought I like how Dexter Loomis is uh, being portrayed. I like how certain things are done, but nothing touches Sami Zayn. Former El Generico, real name, Rebby Sabe. Now, promotions that he has been in from Ring of Honor uh, with Ring of Honor, he did that from 2005 all the way to 2012. And at the same time, he was also doing PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, and Shikara. So running three promotions all at the same time. Pretty busy back in the day because even with Ring of Honor, he was there doing weekly stuff for quite some time. Right. Did Dragon Gate in 2007 and 8, as well as DDT Pro Wrestling from 11 and 12, and stints in IWS, WXW, and Evolve. But of course, in 2013, makes his big debut in WWE. Everybody is excited. He's going to be in NXT. El Generico's there. Ladies and gentlemen, Sami Zayn. <laughs> okay. He seems okay with it, I guess. I mean, drop a mask and everything. Like, you see him, you're like, ooh, that's not what I thought. But I, it, it took two minutes and it, I was over it. You know, right. I, I like the, the, character of what El Generico was, but the Ole 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 brought itself right over to NXT because that's fans of his, and that didn't leave him. Um, when he first got there, obviously having some great you know, feuds with everybody on the, the roster. First started with Cesaro, having an awesome uh, couple of matches, but one that was a two out of three falls match. And in the very beginning of the match, the bell rings, Sammy runs across the ring, hits him with a huluva kick as Cesaro wasn't even ready and gets the first fall within, like, the first five seconds of the match. Just sick. Um, obviously, throughout history, Steen in pretty much every promotion. They've been friends and fought in every promotion. It's like when you get there, it's like, well, if you guys come here, you just want to carry that feud over? Yeah, no problem. We got it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, to me, their trilogy in Ring of Honor uh, stands the test of time. Their five-pack within WWE uh, and NXT I think five or six, and they did one at WrestleMania last year, I believe, right? I believe so. Yeah, that's how much I really like the two-night WrestleManias. I couldn't even remember if he did. Right. Um, but it, everything that he's 
done with other wrestlers has always been great, but if you ever want to look into it, he has some great matches as El Generico in DDT Pro Wrestling with Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had a good trilogy themselves. He's tag-teamed with uh, Kevin Steen to, rin- to win the Ring of Honor World Titles, or tag-team titles, as well as the PWG tag-team titles. Um, they feuded with the Bucks, as well as the Age of the Fall, which was Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, um, also had Brody Lee in there and Zombie Princess. Why am I missing his name? The former writer for WWE. I got nothing. The guy that made the uh, the list of Jericho. God damn it! It'll come to me later. Anywho, then the the WWE and NXT feuds. I mean, as we all remember. Not only did he steal pretty much, I think, the weekend at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas with him and Nakamura. That match is a fucking banger. Oh, yeah. And then one to two nights later, I'm not sure if the Hall of Fame was the day before or after, kind of fuzzy, but it goes into the ladder match with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 32 and just has that feud still going right there. Hell of a weekend for him. Um, But, you know, for a couple of years, he kind of floundered back and forth. Uh, in 2017 to 19, uh, but he ended up turning heel and helping Kevin Owens in the fight against Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, who were your SmackDown general managers, leading all the way to the point where Daniel Bryan came back and they had a, a tag team match at WrestleMania. Kind of a cool thing, Sammy being a part of that as well. Um, he went away with a, an injury for a little bit. I loved when he came back after WrestleMania 35. The day after, or the night after on Raw, makes his comeback. Everybody goes nuts. Left as a heel, by the way. Comes back, huge pop, has a match against Finn Balor, loses, and immediately turns heel. A week or two later is when he does that questionnaire. And he's like, you're asking me who I think should be an Intercontinental Champion. You could be asking me about AEW. (gasps) Ooh. He was pushing some shit back then. But then, he, as you remember, he was the Artist Collective uh, and an IC champ aligning with Shinsuke Nakamura on on SmackDown. He, Jeff Hardy, and AJ Styles stole the show at at the Clash of Champions in 2020 in a ladder match. Real great match. Um, And then, you know, the last year before the bloodline, as we all know now, uh, a conspiracy theorist. Everybody's out to get him, right? And he's kind of kept that going, and he's really good at it. And it even led to, I think, one of the top matches out of WrestleMania weekend, him with Johnny Knoxville. I, I mean, as stupid and, and uh, corny as that match was, he sold it. He got body slammed by Wee Man, and everybody in that arena popped hard. It was, he did his job. He's done his job. What he's doing right now with the bloodline, fantastic. It is. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see what he did on SmackDown this past week. Um, Talking to Logan Paul, he goes, you don't know this, but we're the ones, and you're the two. You're the two that's on the ground that we step on. That's right. You're brown like that. Like Talking like he's a piece of shit. He broke Roman. Roman turned around and started laughing. Sami Zayn is awesome. Yeah. So well, as I'm going to do every week, like I said, I will break down a superstar, give you some of his accolades and accomplishments, uh, his championships, two-time PWG world champion, also a Battle of Los Angeles winner. 
the Bola tournament has always been pretty big. He won that in 2011. Uh, held tag team titles with Kevin Steen and Paul London. Been an NXT champ and IC champ three times. And no bullshit, Wikipedia says lifetime ooze. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> I love it. Look, he's the hottest thing going in WWE right now in countless years of entertainment. And honestly, a lot of people are like, oh, he should go to AEW. A lot of those guys, him, Owens, they could really wrestle. He's He is exactly where he needs to be, man. He's in the right environment. He's entertaining. He's awesome. He can wrestle and he's entertaining. You know, Santino Morella was entertaining. But dear Lord, no one would ever say he was a wrestler. Yeah, that's a bold. I think they're both bold statements personally, but. <laughs> the honky the tonka man. Hey, let me ask you a question. Well, look at. Oh, yeah. About Zane. Was he wrestling 25 years ago? No, but I before you uh, think that you're going to do a really cool segue, um, I also have to give you the professor's match of the week for this guy to a newbie. You know, if someone's going to say, hey, show me a Sami Zayn match, him winning the NXT title from Adrian Neville. I could show you, if I show you any one of the Kevin Owens matches uh, matches or seen, I'm like, Jesus, it's like, which one and why is right. that the one to see? I'm like, go with him winning the NXT title. Good moment. You know what, though? He wasn't there 25 years ago. Let's go back. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Invades WCW tonight. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day. We got you. Work for you. And the yeah. oh. whole body. He caught the clothesline. No, wait. wait a minute. Wait. Another referee counts to three. Another one, and here comes three more. Sting clones all the way to the ring. Now we're starting to get a little bit of even here. Oh, I believe we have found the real thing. You know, sometimes I have a great opening. Sometimes I have a crappy opening. Sometimes I know what to say. I just sat here for quite some time not knowing how to open. All right, we're at the Monday Night Wars. ODM, what's going on? Let's roll October 13th. Literally just staring at the screen. I'm like, October 13th. Hmm. <laughs> and we're off and running. We got a video package uh, on Legion of Doom. They're going to be facing the Godwins for the titles tonight. If they win, they're obviously going to be WWF Tag Team Champions once again. Uh, but if they lose, they're going to retire. There are There's a smattering of 
video interviews with Legion of Doom throughout the uh, throughout the evening. I'm not going to call them out one by one, uh, but yeah, wasn't a smattering of titties. No tatters. <laughs> Tat. Oh, that's we're, right. We're, we're PG Thanks, panel. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great opening segment. You're going to start noticing that this is definitely where, I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but Raw's going to open with uh, an interview or an in-ring promo at the beginning of every show. You're also going to notice that at the beginning of the show and then at hour two, you're going to get your biggest stars. Smart move. It's a smart way to do it because top of the and hour. And I think you're probably going to see that trend last for about the next off. 30 fucking years. Awesome. A delay. <laughs> great let's go yeah. just just about yeah there's that too yeah no we're, we're good we're good we're we're gonna roll with it here uh we got heart foundation coming to the ring uh they're gonna be in ring with vince bulldog is not there vince actually calls it out says they're gonna be celebrate <laughs> for those of you who aren't aware I'll give you a little inside baseball here uh we 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 we've probably talked about it before. We talk via video chat. Uh, I won't call out the particular company because I feel that's irrelevant. But uh, every once in a while, it gets really choppy, and uh, I'll continue talking, and then all of a sudden, you'll just hear. So yeah, um, so that's what's happening right now. But I digress. I will return to the Heart Foundation coming to the ring. No bulldog. Vince calls it out. And before Brett can even get a word out, we get Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Rick Rude, and China up on the Tron. Uh, HBK brings up the footage of him sticking the Canadian flag in his nose and walking back and forth. Uh, Triple H also wants to show footage. It's him beating Brett, China hitting Brett, and getting the sweet chin music from Shawn. And Brett just calls the two... oh, Oh my God, I can't fucking talk. Brett calls the two degenerates down. He makes sure to use that term again. Um, Shawn Michaels said, I'm going to take that stupid piece of tin you have on your shoulder. I like how he just puts down the title. That usually doesn't go over too well, but all right. And this is where Degeneration X gets their name. Uh, He says, you talk about us being degenerates. We're tired of Generation X getting a bad rap. You call us degenerates. Degeneration X. And then the best part is, all right, well, back to Vince. You know, he wants to ask Brett a question, and right as he starts talking, the nation's music hits. <laughs> they just can't get a word in. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like you on this show. Yeah, I know, right? Seriously. Let's see <laughs> if it, let's see if it gets any better, because I got a lot of talking to do. Uh, next we get Owen versus Kama Mustafa. Before the match starts, uh, Shawn Michaels' music hits. DX heads to commentary. And we're going full tilt now. Uh, they steal JR's and Vince's headsets. They're eating bananas. They're sitting on the desk, not really announcing. They're just talking shit. Triple H with what I think is the line of the night. He calls Bret Hart the droopy dog of the WWF. <laughs> Very underrated line. Yeah, I thought that was good. So they're sitting there just eating bananas, and Lawler tries to buddy up to him. And she goes, did I pull your card and tell you to talk? Shut up. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, they they wouldn't even take the ass kissing. Yeah, right. It was great. They just they basically just turned on Lawler. You can't really beat that. Because uh, you have the innuendo with the eating of the banana right. in so many ways. <laughs> right. And Sean, Sean makes another, it might be the second best line of the night, if not the best. <laughs> Sean Michael says, 
Stu Hart's dead. His body and brain just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. Um, he just starts taunting Brett and the nation and the Hart Foundation start brawling. The bell rings. No idea what the finish was. It was a shit show with uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H just making fun of Brett. So. All right. Uh, brief interview with the Godwins on the title match tonight. And then your favorite segment of the night, I'm sure, the mini tag match. I like that they keep the tribute moving along for, for Brian <laughs> Pillman each and every tribute. week. <laughs> Uh, next was a cool little recap, uh, you know, at least looking back at it. It was uh, from Saturday night. It was uh, Billy Gunn, uh, or still Rockabilly at this point, with Honky Tonk Man in the center of the ring kind of going over their recent fumbles as a team lately. Uh, and Road Dog comes out. He's not Jesse James anymore. He's the Road Dog, and he wants to recruit Rockabilly to join him. Uh, Honky goes to hit Road Dog with the guitar. Uh, but Rockabilly stops him and clocks him over the head instead. So looks like we're getting our new age outlaws coming up. And it's uh it 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 kind of bother I'm glad they showed it on Raw. I wish it had been on Raw. You keep doing the shit each and every week where he actually had to come out with Honky and then you you put that on Shotgun Saturday night. Right. Really? Exactly. Or if it no, it wasn't Shotgun. I think it was uh Saturday morning superstars or whatever yeah, it was. I believe you're right. But I was like, what a wasted spot, because that was a good one. Yeah, 100%. I was kind of disappointed, too. I was like, well, I guess I at least get to watch the replay. But uh, yeah. Or they did it because they were like, you guys are about to be a new set of jobbers. You know what I mean? And, but they didn't realize how well they would maybe mesh or I don't know. You know, it maybe I was a plan for them to always get together and go that over. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, from what I gather, it really was Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, right. I mean, they, like, they did bring them on board with especially the, you know, they weren't in DX the night that they push uh, Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie off of the ramp in the dumpster. They weren't in DX at that point. So, yeah, you're right. So maybe they get the rub from them. Yeah, probably not a bad spot to be in. I mean, shit, at least one of them still is crony, so. Well, they're doing their 1,000th rub this uh, past Monday on Raw, so yeah. we'll see what plays out with that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about it. Um, Flash Funk versus Shawn Michaels next. Uh, Funk comes out, and then Kane's music hits. It's a choke slam, a tombstone. Thanks for showing up. Uh, Bear cuts a promo on Taker. Lost his voice a little bit. It sounded like he had some laryngitis or something going on there. Did you catch that? I did. Sounded... Uh week and i was like so why is he have to cut a promo <laughs> exactly hey he recovered about, pre- he just came out beat the fuck out of flash funk we called it a day right uh so after kane leaves and the lights come back on degeneration x runs out sean does a pin triple h counts it china rings the bell and rue does the announcement uh and he you know he says all of uh sean michael's nicknames and i i fucking didn't write it down He's, he, there was a typo, and it made it sound like penis. They just put a P in front of it, but I don't remember what he was saying. But it was fucking hilarious because China uh, stops him. You're right. China no, I just st- lost it because I was relying on you to have it. <laughs> China just looks at him and goes, what did you just say? Why would you say that? So it was great. Anyway, all right. Next uh, match of the night, DOA versus Truth Commission. It was a brawl turned into a DQ. 
But you know who you got out there is uh, very young uh, Don. Uh, what's the guy with uh, with uh, Kenny Omega? Oh, uh, wow! Why am I space? Don West? No, Don. Don Rickles. Oh, maybe it's not Don. That's it. Don Rickles. Hey, who's this fucking manager? I don't who's fucking the, remember. The commentator guy. I know who you're talking about. But that's who the jackal is. Okay, there you go. What a shit show. By the, the way, what a Jimmy shit show Jacobs. Indeed. Jimmy Jacobs is the guy I was thinking of that uh, tagged in uh, Age of the Fall with Brody Lee and Tyler Black. Ah, okay. Well, that's good. So, to give know. me another twenty or thirty minutes, <laughs> and I'm going to remember who uh, this guy is. Don Callis. Don Callis. <laughs> Just needed to that's stop who thinking the about it for is a with second. Truth Commission. <laughs> yeah. No shit. All right. I notice that I don't have to pay attention next time. Yeah, because when they come on the screen, I, I basically just tune out or fast forward. So he's only going to be there for so long, and I believe that after this, he's heading over to ECW mm. um, until they basically close. Ah, well, there you go. Hour two. What did I say? We start with Austin. Uh, get used to that. In ring with Vince. Austin grabs the clipboard out of Vince's hand. This is all about getting that contract uh, for the IC title match against Owen. Uh, this is going to be at Survivor Series. Austin has Vince sign it first because he doesn't trust him. I don't know what difference that would make. Um, Austin gets on the second buckle to sign it. I thought that was interesting. I mean, he got a fucking pop I, for it. It was it was weird. Like, you're just fine on the ground there, man. You actually had better <laughs> leverage to write your name. Uh, Austin wants to shake Vince's hand to finalize the deal. Vince is hesitant but does it. Austin pulls him in close, talks a little trash. And Vince asks him, what were you doing when you interfered at Bad Blood? He says, I don't have a problem with Farouk or the Nation. I just wanted to make sure that I faced Owen for the IC title. Kind of like it. You didn't really need to explain it. I thought it was pretty obvious already. But, you know, work it into the promo. It works. I know it's funny to me. I, I Anybody who watched it knew that the reason Farouk lost was because he wanted to face Owen. That's uh-huh. the guy who took his title. He wanted you didn't need to say it. And, and, and actually, I swear it bothered me when that segment happened. I was like, why did he ask him that? Like, <laughs> why why the- did you want to face Owen Hart? <laughs> right. Thanks for Why spoken. wouldn't you want to face Farouk? <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> oh, that's such a good one. I missed that. Uh, Farouk and Nation come out to the ramp. Austin says, well, why don't you bring it? Uh, Rocky is the one to head down. Instant stunner. Uh, Austin just powders out through the crowd as the nation heads to the ring. Is this the first time the Rocky's we've seen first stunner? I I was just about to ask that. I don't know. I th- it's the first one I remember. I think it is, and it not his you know normal floppy response that he normally does. You know, with full right. flips backwards. Yeah, we got about uh, a year probably for that. Maybe yeah, more. but no, this one was pretty good though. He he took it and kind of bounced up and went face first to the mat. It was. It was decent. I got excited to see it. I was like, oh, my God, and it's so early. <laughs> oh, no, right. Uh, next, we get LOD backstage for an interview. Uh, they're basically, you know, they're kind of doing the old dogs routine. You know, Animal says, you know, we're not we're not going to be like Hogan and Savage riding the laurels of old days and yesteryear. I thought that was pretty fucking badass. So why could you do that, but you still call... The other two, Diesel and Razor. You can't say Hall and Nash. 
You guys want to be edgy and call people out, but you're like, but we're going to call them our character names. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's true, but it's probably, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good point. Um, Hawk says we're going to find out if we're king of the hill or over the hill. Yeah, okay. So. Sounded a little, uh, a little tipsy. Yeah. Next, we get to see Tajiri, though. That's cool. Yep. Tajiri Very Brian. young. No mustache. Absolutely. Tajiri and Brian Christopher, light heavyweight match. Very quick. They they were focusing on Cornette's upcoming segment where he's going to talk about Phil Mushnick. Uh, he's with a writer for the New York Post and the TV Guide. Lawler asks Vince what he thinks of Mushnick. I say he's a miserable son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude. And Cornette's video, I mean, it's pretty uh, just priceless how, I mean, he, it's how much he cares about the business and the people. Um, he tears this, this writer apart. Yeah. So I didn't really, it was, it was way too much. At one point I thought maybe I could just transcribe the whole thing, but I'm like, nope. Uh, basically this guy, Phil Mushnick again, uh, hates wrestling. Uh, Cornette says he's got a one-man campaign to have wrestling abolished. Says that he called for the federal indictment of the steroid trial and denies it. I thought that was a big one. Um, and then the big thing was he said he re- this art, this uh, writer recently used Pillman's death as an outcry to shut down wrestling. And he fucking went off on that. And the last thing he said was, go to hell and try to reform things down there. That was a good one. You go to hell, Phil Mushnick. Try to reform things down there. Uh, the Pillman part, he sounded like he was about to get choked up. Yep. He was like, Pillman was my friend. Yeah. You know, and it was, and I guess he's a, he was a writer for, I want to say New York Times or something like that. And, he, and you, yeah, he's like, you're a one man uh, crusade trying to come after this. And mm-hmm. it was, he was pissed. Yeah. I wish these weekly Cornet rants lasted. Way longer than it does. I can't. I. I don't think there's any more than maybe four or five of these at best. Yeah, it didn't last long. Like we said, it became what his podcast is nowadays. Pretty much, not far. It's funny. I read something the other day. It was like Jim Cornette on whatever it was, and it had it in quotes. And I immediately just had his voice ranting in my head while I was reading it. <laughs> I could actually hear his voice. <laughs> Say you can't hear a picture. <laughs> oh, 100% you can, especially with them. <clears throat> Next, we get Savio Vega versus Goldust. They mentioned that Goldust and Marlena were supposed to renew their vows, but because of Pillman's death, they're not going to. I don't see what one has to do with the other, but I guess with the storyline, you kind of just want to keep your distance. Uh, yeah, Marlena throws in a cigar for a distraction, slides uh, the purse to Goldust, uses that. It was great because at the end of the match, Lawler gets up and picks up the purse, and you can see he's like trying to see how heavy it is, and he looks at McMahon, and he's like, yeah, this thing's fucking loaded. It was again. You got to spell things out for the fans sometimes, I guess. I know. It, you're right. Wow, that's twice tonight. Like we're being sarcastic. That means that we're not. Oh God! All right. So next we get Triple H versus the Patriot. This this literally might have been my favorite match of the night, just because of how it fucking plays out. Because it's so stupid. Uh. Patriot comes out, and as soon as he comes out, Rick Rude's right behind him. Kind of spins him around and throws hot coffee in his face, hits him with the briefcase, and drags him backstage. 
<laughs> Root kind of comes back out through the curtain, kind of gives like a thumbs up, and HPK just announces that Triple H won. Slaughter comes to the ring. They're, the boys are still doing that stupid, I got to block my face so you don't spit in my face routine. Uh, you're scheduled- Why do you say that stupid routine? You know how worse it's going to get, right? Oh, oh, I do. Yeah, I'm waiting for the, the okay. to see the bag with the masks in them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Rude heads to the back because, you know, after he finds out that a Triple H has to wrestle. Um, this is the one, this is the, another one of those ones that shows up in the, in the video clips, uh, of Degeneration X. It, it's Slaughter saying, you know, you two clowns need to show respect. Okay, Sarge, we'll start showing some respect. Suck it. <laughs> so, uh, it's always nice to relieve those, uh, high moments. You know what I mean? So Ahmed Johnson's going to be the opponent for Triple H. Uh, they pretend to be scared as usual. Uh, but the nation just runs runs out and jumps on Med, and DX just powders to the ramp. Uh, another clip you'll see often, uh, they get back to the top of the ramp, they sit down, and they just get out popcorn, and they're just watching. And while they're watching, Shamrock and LOD run out right past them, and Shawn Michaels looks up like, oh, more people. <laughs> and this is also the one where I think it's D-Lo's hat hat fell off that was at the beginning i think yeah that was at the beginning yeah, i forgot to mention that good call and he the, starts the, wearing it <laughs> the popular one that people also see is michaels is wearing it and he's going up the ramp with his fists up like come on come on i'll fight you i'll fight you and i always remember seeing that and was like when did he wear a leather hat i don't remember that and then when this happened i go oh my god he stole the nation's hat that's fucking awesome never remembered that I just remember seeing it in video packages a million times. Right. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I forgot to, to note that one. Yeah. So a lot of uh, high DX moments tonight. So is it called a hat? I don't know. We'll run with it. I think it counts. Fair enough. Yeah. So LODs in the ring, keep it in mind. Uh, and after everybody powders, uh, they get on the mic and say, if you've got the guts, Godwins, come out and face us. Well, you guys were scheduled for a match anyway. I thought the same thing. I'm like, didn't you guys already like put your fucking careers on the line for this one? Maybe it was more of a suggestion than in stone. So, yeah. Do we have to use a hat trick for spelling things out? <laughs> Dude. I guess so. Um, yeah, this isn't really, you know, a... Uh, 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 great match to watch but uh basically what happens is at the end the godwins are trying to get dq'd um at one point animal starts getting escorted to the back after getting injured by the refs but instead he runs back he takes the godwins out cletus interferes and uh, interrupts the doomsday device cletus goes to hit one of them with the uh, horseshoe but he misses and he hits henry hawk hits a top rope clothesline that was ugly as fuck uh and we get a three count from the second ref uh, this was a bit of a dusty finish. I mean, minus the fact that they took the titles back. But, yeah, this is basically the definition of a dusty finish. Yeah, then, but yeah. they they won it, and they're still together. But I was like, ah, for what? I really feel like this doesn't last long. Yeah. I don't remember how long <clears throat> they had these titles, but all I know is this, okay? Not spoiling anything for anybody, but, you know, where we're at right now is November of 97, March 98, they make a return with Sonny as the surprise team at WrestleMania 14. So, 
that I feel like this title change was for nothing, and they're probably going to hand him right back to the Godwins next week, for all we know. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get some info on that. Uh, afterwards, the Godwins attack Cletus. Bust him up pretty good. That was raw. <laughs> Did you say bust him up pretty good because his name is Cletus, and that's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah see? See what I did there? All right. Oh, I, yeah, I got you. I can see you. <laughs> Nitro, Ice Palace, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, as we have typically been getting, the NWO starts off. We get Bischoff, Hogan, and Macho. Macho has a neck brace on. I love the fact that it matches his outfit, too. It's fucking fantastic. Get me a black one, okay? You got, you got to coordinate. Yeah, that's right, baby. Coordinate. <laughs> Listen, he's the master of coordination, dude. You ever notice that the fucking lightning bolts in his bandana mesh perfectly into the ones on his sunglasses? Oh, I do, and that's why my costume this past weekend I went to as much better as much as detail as I could. Once something had purple and pink, it all had purple and pink. Absolutely, there you go. All right, like, uh, my gir- never mind. <laughs> Hogan doesn't have the title with him. Uh, they're they're pushing Hogan's new movie that's going to be on TNT. They they. Uh, suggest that Hogan's going to go into a WWF event and start handing them out to people. There was a sign. There's two signs uh, from this. Uh, the, the one was Cornette fears Bischoff. I don't think that's true at all. I don't think it was true back then either. Um, but the yeah, other they had one... to do off of uh, the Raw rant last week because that's where yep. um, the first time that he himself names Eric Bischoff. And he's right. like, he's the one that does the thing. Uh, look at it at the end if you can get one for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> Doesn't mad. even say buy one of their pay-per-views. If you can get one for free. Yep. <laughs> the other sign said, Woo, what's up, Rochester, New York? Roman's rules. I don't know what that means, but it said Rochester, New York. So I thought that was interesting. Saw that. Didn't know what it meant either. Yeah. Someone was there representing. Yeah, represent. Uh, They call out DDP and Piper. Uh, So basically we find out Piper from the end of last week's uh, Nitro. He still has the title. Okay, fine. Uh, Next we get Psychosis versus Eddie. It's for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, The commentary brings up that they made an error uh, when they said that Disco Inferno versus Jacqueline would be for the title. It's not. It's still on, but it's a non-sanctioned, non-title match. Uh, Tanae says something about the fact that the the athletic commission uh, won't let the title be defended between a man and a woman. Okay. You know, uh, I, I I just need to interrupt since you are mentioning Disco Inferno. Um, this past week he put out a tweet, the day of the Wardlow Brian Cage match. It was a picture of it. It said tonight on Dynamite. Disco Inferno wrote, no build up, no angle, no storyline. No interest. I'm like, bro, you just summed up your entire fucking wrestling career. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. See, and here's the thing. I ha- you know, I, I, I understand that point of view, but, dude, you you go shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to talk to you. Like, but I'm saying, like, you were never in anything notable to begin with of a no. storyline. So where do you get off? Where do you get off? All right. <laughs> he should just fuck off. Uh, I love that Eddie's music is just a ripoff of Lowrider by War. Yep. Eddie retains. Hits a beautiful frog splash three quarters of the way across the ring. Tries to take off Psychosis Mask. Doesn't succeed. And uh, you do know what that's leading to, right? Oh, 100%. Yep. Uh, 
Tanay's uh, Lucha Libre history lesson is up next. We get Mean Gene in the ring with Roddy Piper. Piper says he's like Allstate. He put the title in good hands where Hogan can't get it. Uh, says the Outsiders are crying worse than Tammy Faye Baker about having to defend their titles tonight. And, uh, and yeah. about 180% of the crowd didn't understand that fucking joke. Pretty it went much. over everybody's head because yep. nobody in that crowd was of age to know who the fuck Tammy Faye Baker was. Maybe yeah. four people at best. <laughs> right. Um, I love this next segment just because it comes out of fucking left field. We get Steven Regal versus Mongo. Mongo wins. Uh, as Mongo's coming back up, we got Gene on the ramp with Deborah, And, uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett's no longer with WCW. Okay. Uh, and. Mongo, yeah. And. And. We, oh, okay, never mind. You're there. Mongo, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just busting your balls. Yeah, Mongo confronts Deborah. and says, you're trying to steal somebody's thunder again. Get back in that kitchen where you can really be a star. This segment was, I wanted to punch myself in the eyes for watching it. <laughs> Dude, watching them try to act like they hate each other. Right. For a couple that really did break up, how the fuck did you suck at acting mm-hmm. like you hate each other? You didn't it have to. It was a horrible se- Well, let me tell you, I do nothing but get with winners, Mr. Mongo. <laughs> like, she's just, it was horrible. He's like, that's right. Like, you owe me a sandwich in the kitchen, lady. Oh, yeah. And then looks at the, the crowd. Hey, have we ever brought up that he looks a heck of a lot like Meatloaf? Yeah, a little bit. All right. Uh, it was just a horrible segment. I couldn't wait for it to stop. And I love that even Mean Gene, he's like, look, I'm not here to be in the middle of your guys' uh, quarrels. <laughs> Yeah, right. Absolutely. Even Gene knew. Uh, next, we get Yuji Nagata versus Chris Jericho. Net Nagata wins. I, I don't understand that because I'm pretty sure we don't hear a lot of Nagata's name moving forward. Um, but Jericho, we do. So, But whatever. It is what it is. Next, we get a uh, video package for Raven. He's in a baby's room sitting on the floor in the dark next to a crib. It's got the little lullaby playing. I I have no words. Okay. It was quote, quote the professor, nevermore. <laughs> Next we get uh, Goldberg versus Scotty Riggs. Goldberg now using his infamous music. And we have Raven, Stevie Richards, and Saturn at ringside. Uh, they do reference the finisher being called the Jackhammer now. Still no spears, but we got a, a finisher name. Uh, four in a row for Goldberg. Somebody Wait, now putt. you said uh, his infamous music. Nah, that's not his. Wow. Who'd they give that to? I actually think it was Yuji Nagata. <laughs> it, it wasn't it? I think. <laughs> or no, who's that... the, who's no who's the guy that was in NWO? Oh, maybe. Dude, I have no fucking clue. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Masahiro Chono. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I believe you're right. Penta El Cerro Miero Anamento P. All right, you're cut off. You're cut off. I, sir, have only had six. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to hour two. Uh, we're getting a little bit of Freebird rule here. Nash isn't in town, so six is taking his place. Uh, they're taking on the Steiners for the tag titles. Hall's doing his pre-match promo. Uh, basically, did you come here for WCW or NWO? Somebody took like a wadded up, I don't know, paper bag or paper plate and hit him right in the mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nailed him. He in the heat. 
he didn't completely no sell it, but he pretty much no sold it. So it was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> DiBiase nails Hall when he goes to the floor. Steiner's hit an avalanche DDT. That was pretty nasty looking. Hall pulls the ref out at uh, the two count and knocks him out. Zabisco comes to the ring during the distraction. Scotty rolls him back in. They hit the top rope bulldog, and Zabisco does the three count. It's a screwy week for the tag titles and finishes. And obviously, you know, since they're doing the Freebird rule, they're going to contest that. You know, Nash wasn't even there. They get that, plus Zabisco counting the three. I'm sure next week they're going to hand the titles right back over because they've done this exact thing with the Steiners, if I'm not mistaken, at least a couple times already. Yep, 100%. Just do it until you perfect it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right, or until people start saying something. I don't know how they haven't already. Uh, Shivani's on commentary. says, we have an injury update on Macho. He looks over at Heenan. They both go, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, next, we get Dean Malenko versus Ray. Uh, another, you know, again, some matches you just watch. Um, I like the finish to this one, uh, you know, apart from how Bischoff treats it, right? Because I think this would be respectful. Uh, but where Bischoff took it from here, I think, was a little. That was what I didn't care for. But Ray hits a Rana. Uh, he's got his legs hooked for the count. And right at about two, Eddie slides in and rips Ray's mask off. Uh, so Ray naturally breaks the pin, covers his face. Malenko immediately locks in the clover for the win. Um, yeah, I like that finish. So two things to that. One, they never have a bad match because, as you remember, uh, just over a year ago, we were covering their summer of 96 feud. They had mm-hmm. uh, a couple of title swaps between them with the, the Cruiserweight Championship. Yep. Um, I got to say, I absolutely love when anybody gets their mask ripped off. They literally fucking run out of the ring and grab their head like it's literally in flames like it's everyone like oh my god like they they run they roll on the floor like they really on fire it's i just it just makes me laugh every time right yeah it's like there's some kind of no one gets mad they just fucking lose their shit yeah instead of like (laughs) having a spastic fit or something um yeah so uh we get a quick ddp video promo um I think a lot of the shit that he says in that is, you know, speaks to why he's so over, right? Because he's just an everyman. Very real interview. I liked it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Gene's in the ring again with Piper. Uh, asks about the tag match. Uh, Zabisco's not an official ref. And Piper says, well, he was sanctioned a week ago for the match at uh, Halloween Havoc. So tonight's decision stands. All right. Macho and Bischoff come to the ring. Uh, Bischoff calls Piper an interim junior supposed commissioner. Piper takes off his belt, wraps it around his fist, and the NWO runs in. We get Stang. Stang shows up again. We're going to talk about Stang later tonight, too. Stang comes out, acts like he's siding with Piper. It's obviously not him. Attacks Piper with the bat. It's Hogan. Um, Shivani, not for the first time tonight, calls out WCW for not doing anything to help him. Not one person. He is going to bat weekly by himself. Yeah. I, I, next, we get a Flair Henning video package. Uh, from there, we go to Scotty Norton versus Ray Trailer. Not Big Bubba anymore. He's just good old Ray. He didn't do the promo like uh, like the shark did. You know? <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. My name I'm is John Tenta. <laughs> um, I'm a man. I'm a baby. I'm a man, baby. Hey, by the way, this is going to sound random, but if you hear some snoring 
no one's that bored with my show. My dog's right behind me, and it's really loud. <laughs> okay. That's good. Just no sell it next time, okay? The snoring? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't want people to think that it's a good time to start falling asleep listening to the show. Yeah, it's well, just, you know, that, that might happen where the anyway. the show always picks up. Yeah, it just might be my, uh, my voice anyway. But anyway. Uh, during the match, Billy Kidman joins Raven and crew, and this is when Kidman's in his I haven't showered or slept in about three days phase. He has CM Punk eyes. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, Yeah, what do you think happened? This was for the uh, third-tier NWO guys to get a win. Mm-hmm. All right, next we get Alex Wright versus Disco Fuckface for the TV title. Uh, what do you think happens? Jacqueline shows up. Wright gets the roll-up when Disco's distracted, but it gets reversed because Disco Inferno can't even fucking do a reversal on a roll-up. It looked like and Jacqueline shit. is more over than both of these guys. Exactly. And at least Alex Wright has some talent. Uh, it's more to say than for uh, fuckface over there. So uh, He's douche wonder kid. I don't mm, like him. He's a douche wonder kid. So right. I'm going to give it an eight. We had DDP versus Kurt Hennig for the U.S. title. Uh, towards the end of the match, Flair starts heading to the ring, but he's held back by officials. This is another fucking weird, dusty finish. DDP rolls up Hennig for the third for the three count. But as the ref is counting, Flair rolls into the ring, but never makes contact before the three count. Right after the three count, Flair goes after Hennig, who rolls out, and they run off to the back. Randy Anderson's telling DDP, no, 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 it was a DQ. I counted three, and then I saw Flair. That's a fucking DQ. Piper comes out and discusses it with Randy Anderson. DDP's still in the ring. Piper raises his hand. Hogan comes to the ring, along with the whole NWO. Macho's hitting elbow drops with the neck brace on. Nobody from WCW comes down. We finally see Sting in the crowd. I said, and fucking Shivani, it's easy to stand there and look. Get down there. He's <laughs> <laughs> taking so, it in, man. <laughs> so finally he runs through the crowd, and now we start getting multiple Stangs. It's the invasion of the Stangs, and they all get beat down before getting in the ring. Some of their wigs were falling off. One guy's the whole mask fell off. Um, three come down the ramp. Two of them get beat down, and the last one no sells. Hits a death drop on Buff, takes off the mask. It's the real Sting. Uh, he pulls out the, the title out of his jacket, gives it to Piper. He does the Seth Rollins thing. He's swinging around his head. Good night, everybody. I thought it was actually cool, the army of Sting. It, it was <laughs> the uh, army of Stangs. It, Stangs. But you never know when it's going to be <clears throat> or which one it was going to be. But it was funny because he did. Uh, everybody was just going down with one punch. And like you're saying, wigs, masks, everything was just going all over the place. It's like when you it's like when you hit, uh, what was it, in Austin Powers? You hit the one, you hit one fembot and they all basically just fall into each other and explode. Kind of <laughs> like that. Um, except for it was funny when. Buff Bagwell hits that one, and it no-sells. Buff turns around and starts doing his dance and all that. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a decent ending. Nitro has its ups and downs every week, but I Certainly. guess so does Raw. Uh, and they're, and but, they're still getting higher ratings at this point. Oh, totally. I mean, they're winning. And even more so, though, I'm excited because, all right, I don't really care about Hogan and Piper, but I am excited about... Uh, Mysterio and Guerrero, but yep. I think we're also going to be getting 
I think it's Flair and Henning at this one, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. so it's gonna be it's gonna be a and good pay per view. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And Macho and DDP. Exactly. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, their final bout. Well, you know, some of the history you just don't want to, you know, mess up. Leave it as is. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Sometimes you have to rewrite history because what was there in in plain sight wasn't properly done. So this week. We got a top topic where we're fantasy booking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, fantasy booking with ODM. <laughs> Thank you, Professor. So I think that's about as best as I'm really going to be able to uh, assist today. <laughs> it was perfect. So yeah, this I was one's out of my you, depth. Yeah, okay, so you don't, you're not familiar with the storyline at all. Very little, other than what I've briefly read of that it happened. We'll put it that way. Okay. So I remember this when I was a kid. Uh, and, you know, I was I really enjoyed it as a kid, and I think the reason is was the uncertainty. And it was really more tailored for kids. And we'll get into that as, uh, as we get through this. This is going to be more of a history lesson because the way this whole thing played out, there's really no way to rebook it unless you just book it or don't do it. That is the only way you can rebook this thing. You'll what a weird it. concept. It is. Either it is, you but book gonna... it or you just don't do it. Yep, exactly. And you're going to understand why. All right? So. Black Scorpion. Let's at go. The, the Black Scorpion. Uh, at the 1990 Great American Bash, Sting won his first world title ever. Uh, and it was the NWA title. Uh, he won it from Flair. Um, so, you know, at this point, WCW, it's WCW, but they're still under the NWA banner, right? Turner's bottom, uh, Jim Hurd's in, right? So, uh, but they're still, it's still the NWA title. Um, the whole idea for this storyline started with Ole Anderson. And basically he was one of the many people frustrated with Jim Hurd and how he was running WCW. All right. So all Ole did was he went to the office, he saw the match card, and at the bottom he wrote 
Black Scorpion versus Sting. He had no plans. He had nobody who would be the Black Scorpion. He just knew Heard liked to mimic the WWF with like gimmicky wrestlers. And that he would see it and be like, oh, that's intriguing. Well, guess what? It worked. So out of nowhere, it's announced on TV that Sting is going to be facing the Black Scorpion at Clash of the Champions 12. And in the interview, Sting says, oh, yeah, I've seen a video of him. Uh, I have no idea who it is. It's going to be difficult to train for a mystery opponent. Uh, From there, the first Black Scorpion promo aired. Uh, He's wearing a hooded robe. Uh, He's in the shadows. Uh, He's speaking with a distorted voice that sounded just like the Shockmaster. Um... At this point, it's it's Ole. It's Ole Anderson. Uh, but his voice is so distorted, you can't tell it's him, and you can't see any features. It's just like a black hooded figure, completely in the shadows. All right? So this is the first video promo. Sting, are you listening? Of course you are. You're too much of a hero and champion to refuse to hear this tape. Sting, I'm going to destroy you. A long time has passed since the last time you saw me. Oh, yes, you know me, or at least you did. But don't try to track me down. It won't help. Even if you saw my face in the light, you wouldn't recognize me. My face doesn't look the same. Curious? I imagine you are. Of course you are. I want you to be thinking, be concerning, maybe even a little scared. Soon I intend for you to be terrified. Think back. Who could it be that you would hate enough to want to see you a broken, defeated man? Maybe a little clue could help. How about California in 86? Think about it, Sting. Think about who I am. Remember this. You'll have a chance to find out on September 5th at the Clash at the Mountain Madness. I'll be there, waiting. Intriguing, right? I'm intrigued. I mean, especially if you're young, you know, and, you know, you got that weird voice. You can't tell who it is. All right, it's a mystery opponent. All right, let's fucking... It came out of nowhere, but fuck, let's go with it. So at this point, there's still no plan on who Black Scorpion's going to be or even where the story would go. There's nothing. They just They're just running with it. So the reference to California in 86 was thrown in there just to get fans talking. Um, they're basically referencing either Jim Helwig, a.k.a. Yep. the Ultimate Warrior, or Dave Sheldon, who was Angel of Death in WCW. Both of them former teammates in Power Team USA with Sting. So now your casual view... And at this just- point, just to at least throw my one cent in, because it's all I'm going to have likely, but... At this exact moment, if he just won this title at Great American Bash, we're talking summer, of course, of 1990. Warriors, your WWF champion. So exactly. likelihood of him jumping over is not big, but good uh, good idea to put that in people's minds. Like, well, shit, what if it's Ultimate Warrior? That's his old partner. Not exactly. a bad idea. Exactly. Exactly. Because you got to figure there weren't as many smart marks that are clued in back then. Right. But the people that knew were like, holy shit. Yeah, maybe he will come over. Right. It's it sparked interest. Right. It wasn't bad at this point. Um, You know, no year later, Flair comes over with WCW's title. So uh, it it wasn't out of the question at that point. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, You know, and no one was aware at this time that that the story had no true end in sight. Um, Second promo airs, uh, continuing the tease that Sting knew who the Black Scorpion was. Sting, how has your week been? Figured out who I am yet? No, I didn't really think you would. I could tell you, but why? I want you to be scared. I want you to wonder. I want you to look behind you. Check in the closet. Check behind the bed. Sting, on the 5th at Mountain Madness, we may both find what we're looking for. I'll tell you what. If you beat me, I'll tell you my name. 
If I beat you, it won't matter, because you'll be in no shape to care. Enough for now, Sting. Think about it in one more week. September 5th, Mountain Madness, I'll be waiting for you. Good luck, Sting. P.S. I All love right. you. <laughs> so we get to Clash of the Champions 12, Mountain, Mad- Mountain of Madness Fall Brawl. Oof, it's a mouthful. Uh, that's on September 5th, 1990. That's what she said. Uh, Black Scorpion has another message for Sting. We've both waited, and now the time is at hand. Sting, if you can beat me, I'll tell you and all the world who I am. So they're really starting to, to beat down this beat me, and we'll find out, you know, you'll get your reveal. Uh, I'm sure you're guessing it's not that easy. Black Scorpion comes out. He's in a black robe. Uh, when he comes out, the camera stays behind him. You only get a shot of his back. Uh, when you finally see him, you see he has a mask on. So at this particular point, <clears throat> even though Oli was doing the backstage interviews, it was Al Perez who played the part of Black Scorpion. Now, okay. it wasn't decided that he was going to be the Black Scorpion. Uh, there's n- still no endgame in sight. They still hadn't decided who the Black Scorpion was going to be. But they had to do the match, so they put Al Perez in there. Um, it's not really somebody that you could have used as the reveal. It would have been a letdown. He was good in the ring, but, I mean, you know, they, it was just People have been like, who? Right. Yeah, they just put him in the mask. Um so, yeah, Sting tries to remove the mask throughout the match, uh, but after he wins, he does. But Black Scorpion's wearing another mask underneath. And at this point, another Black Scorpion shows up on the ramp, and the one in the ring powders. Okay. So, from here, the fact that there's no endgame and no one in line to be the big reveal made this whole thing go south. It's something that wouldn't be able to happen today because people would likely be able to figure it out. Right, and you just you didn't you're not dealing with the same circumstances today that you were back in 1990. Um, you know, to add to the confusion, Sid started getting factored in. He was after Sting's title, um, and at this point, things got even wonkier because Sting starts wrestling against Black Scorpion at house shows. The problem was, uh, as with the storyline, there was no consistency because there was no plan. Each house show had somebody else wrestling as the Black Scorpion. Uh, Perez was one of them. Uh, Dave Sheldon, the Angel of Death, was one of them. Uh, and there are a couple others. Uh, the thing is, because they all had different body sizes and different looks, you know, obviously, they would wear different masks, different singlets, you know, different outfits. Uh, so, yeah. Again, you could really only get away with that back then because nowadays there's no way you could do that, even at a house show. Right? Uh, you know, another thing to keep in mind is at this point, Jim Cornette and JR are both working for WCW. And somehow this still happened. Um, yeah, Perez, Perez didn't want to be the Black Scorpion, and uh, he eventually stopped portraying him, uh, just making things even more confusing because they got nobody. So next pay-per-view is Halloween Havoc, so you think the rematch would happen there, but no, it ended up being Sting versus Sid. All right. So uh, the road to Halloween Havoc is just about where everything started taking a massive dump. Um, you know, again, it's still intriguing to the kids, especially what's about to come up, but it's just honestly, you know, as you know, the intrigue just starts going downhill because it just gets kind of foolish. Um, we get another promo from Black Scorpion staying, I'm making a little present for you. Everybody else wants to take from you, but I want to give in a while. I may even show you what it is, but first I want to give you another clue. Los Angeles, 86 on the beach. Think about it. I hope, as I intend, that you're slowly losing your mind. 
One thing you must remember while everybody, including the horsemen, are chasing you, there's a big difference. Sid wants your belt. I want your life. Okay. And it was a nude beach. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Sting says something's clicking. He thinks he knows the identity of Black Scorpion. Next week, we get another promo. Scorpion says he wants another match. And again, he repeats, if he loses, he'll take the mask off. So uh, at a TV taping, Scorpion shows up in the crowd. Sting chases him off. Um, At this time, Sting and Black Scorpion are still wrestling at house shows. Uh, At a later TV taping, Sting heads to the ring for an interview. Sid confronts him, and the Black Scorpion jumps in the ring behind Sting and just puts his arms up like he's doing the thriller dance. (laughs) That's literally what he does. Uh, Flying Brian actually makes the save, uh, and I don't know if the Black Scorpion tripped or was still doing his thriller dance, but just fell through the uh, the ropes and went to the floor. Okay. And this is regular flying. Yeah, right. right. So, again, here here you go. You, you had this idea, oh, a mystery opponent for Sting, and then we'll do a big reveal. But you never decided who the guy was going to be. How the fuck do you go ahead with this? We're not done yet. Um, we get Gordon It's kind of Sol- like WWE's booking. Do you really <laughs> think their plan was to always have Hornswoggle as Vince's son? Oh, God, who knows? I hope not. Probably. Probably. It's good shit, pal. We get Gordon Soley. Is inter- it? What? Okay, we get Gordon Soley interviewing the Black Scorpion, but Gordon Soley has to wear a blindfold so he can keep the Scorpion's identity a secret, even though nobody has any idea who the Black Scorpion really is. Little he's wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. um, Soley called it one of his most embarrassing professional moments ever, so that's a good thing. Black Scorpion says he wants to drive Sting mad. Tells Soli to ask Sting about Tulsa. Tulsa. Uh, the reference to Tulsa is again to Jim Helwig. Uh, that would be in Mid-South where him and Helwig were the Blade Runners. So we finally get to Halloween Havoc. Sting's out on the ramp getting interviewed. Black Scorpion shows up behind him, and this is where things take a massive shit altogether. The Black Scorpion just randomly absconds with a stage hand, a female one, just grabs her, brings her over to this structure that looks like a stage, like a smaller stage, like the announce booth for Nitro, lifts a big curtain, pyro and smoke, curtain drops, they're gone. I'm going to tell, when I tell you two seconds, literally two seconds, two seconds later, off to the right of the stage, the Black Scorpion comes running out with the girl. <laughs> yeah how have I not watched this I need to see this one. okay um, <clears throat> this from this point on we start getting a lot of magic tricks okay and it's actually mag- magician Franz Harari is the black scorpion at this point because he can do magic this guy has famously worked with Michael Jackson and up to this day has worked with other multiple big names in the music business. He's now your Black Scorpion because he can do magic. And if you think that ain't crazy enough, I'm going to take it up a notch. Main event, we get Sting versus Sid. What we get is Barry Windham as Stang. Get Wyndham, out of here. Wyndham lets Sid pin him to get the win, but the real Sting comes out and gets the win. From here, Black Scorpion offers to face Sting again, but he has three stipulations. He wants to do it in front of the biggest audience possible on live TV. 
which conveniently is the next Clash of Champions Thanksgiving Thunder. He wants to do an interview in the safety of a cage, and he wants to show off his black magic. Sting agrees to the stipulations. Meanwhile, Black Scorpion grabs a plant in the crowd, puts him in a cage, and turns him into a tiger. The the match is on for Starcade, and over the next few weeks, we get more magic, including Black Scorpion possessing fans and crew, causing them to attack Sting. That by itself could have worked with the with, with, without the magic, and I don't know having any semblance of a fucking clue who the Black Scorpion was going to be. To make it even better, around this time, only had a broken arm. So when they started doing the video promos, they were using different people. So every week you'd get a Black Scorpion promo with a completely different voice. <laughs> <laughs> This is good shit. The Black Scorpion's final video promo was on WCW main event. That was the day of Starcade. It's a sting. We are just a few hours away from Starcade. Here is your final clue to my identity. Since you have started as a professional wrestler, you and I have been tag team partners. See you tonight. Obviously, there's now they're really just hammering the Jim Helwig thing, right? Okay. So this match takes place in a steel cage, and we actually have Dick the Bruiser as the ref. Seems like an insult to Dick the Bruiser, but okay. So as part of the entrance, we have several black scorpions, just as we have several different stangs heading to the ring. The army of stangs. We got the army of of him. Okay, got it, got it. So an enclosure comes down from the ceiling right at the entrance. It opens up, and the real black scorpion comes out, and you can tell because he has a rhinestone robe. (laughs) From here, we get a close-up. You can tell because of that. (laughs) From here, we get a close-up of black scorpion, and from here, even with the mask on, it is 100% obvious who it is. Um. The wrestler in question did a really good job, though, because they have a very distinct moveset and work a very similar type of match time after time. Uh, but the wrestler portraying the Black Scorpion here did a good job. They they altered it and made it not look like that. Um, Sting's able to remove the mask, but yet again, another mask underneath. Um, the other Black Scorpions hit the ring to, to take out Sting. Arn and Oli run down to take out Sting. And we get some baby faces coming down to assist, including the Steiners who actually cut the chain on the cage to get in. Sting rips off the mask, and it's Rick fucking Flair. He powders I knew with it. Arn. Yeah. I, I had a feeling it was going to be him. Yeah, he powders with Arn and Oli. The next week, Flair cuts a promo on Sting, says you were dealing with the Black Scorpion, now you're dealing with Rick Flair, I want the title. Flair wins it a month later at a house show. The night of Starcade, Oli gets fired. Flair basically decided to do it uh, be the Black Scorpion because he wanted to take one for the team just to end this shit. Um, some people said it was going to be Barry Windham, but since he played Stang, Flair thought it would kind of hurt his credibility. Uh, so Flair was like, you know what, I can do this and it's not going to hurt me at all. And, and that's basically what ended up happening. So as a kid, I, you know, not, you know, I was 12. I didn't know contract statuses or have any, you know, idea about that. I always thought it was going to be or should have been the Great Muda. Sure. That's who I thought Makes it would sense. have been. Uh, Muda last wrestled for WCW in January of 90. This took place in August of 1990. So he had already been gone for several months. But, um, yeah, that's kind of who I always wanted to be. But I hope you understand now to see that you either just you rebook this by booking it or not booking it because this guy literally put the bowl of pasta and threw it at the wall. Like, how did you not cut this loose at, like, week three? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, they like, just went full I, I, When you said they went 
from Great American Bash. Then you started talking about Clash of Champions, Halloween Havoc. Motherfucker, you made it to Starcade. That's a six-month period of no plan at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I didn't even watch it. Thank you for sparing me those six months of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. That's annoying. Oh, man. No, you're right, though. But the Muda, the Muda situation would definitely work because they did work with each other in WCW already. You could have done that pretty quick mm-hmm. and kept the identity just as long, all the way six months. But, yeah, they, they that's a really failed opportunity there. Yeah. It was terrible. only his di- idea, and then he got fired. Eh, kind of makes sense. Yeah, kind kind of makes sense. Yeah, and it all started just because he hated Hurd and, I don't know, wanted to stick it to him. I don't know. Didn't do any favors for anybody. All right. So, just so you guys know, this week, do yourself a favor and do not watch any of the Black Scorpion shit. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a waste of your time. Now, but I appreciate you bringing all that to light because I never really knew all the story and since that is something that you watched week after week I can understand the the wanting the reveal to be better than it was it's kind of like it, it the whole time when they're like the higher power it, for Undertaker and it turned out to be yep. Vince McMahon I'm like that's it that was a failed opportunity you know they, they they fucked it up like you had something there and that's not what it was gonna be same with the McMahon kid it a lot of just failed experiments but good stuff, good shit. I love it. In two weeks, we're going to be talking some of the best and worst NXT call-ups that there have ever been. Now that NXT looks like it's about to get up and running to where it once was, we'll be able to maybe even talk about that a little more. But we're going to talk about the best and worst call-ups that have made it to the main roster. Next week, we're back with not only... You know, the top of wrestling, some news, bring it to the table, Monday Night Wars, as we're going to continue along, we're also going to have a movie of the week. Thank you so much for listening to The Top of Wrestling. I am the Professor. I bid you a farewell. Season 5, he leaves you with five words. ODM. Rip him, brother. Why couldn't it be Muda? The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to your party, and I know why. Why, man? Oh, yeah, because I can't get high. I can't get high. I can't get high. Fuck out of here, man. You tell people that you can't smoke weed. So you tell me I can't go to my car? I love that it had to be an explicit instruction. No weed, please. And he's apparently, the thing is, should I tell him that I've actually smoked pot on his property before? 